You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Can you believe it's Friday already? No, I can't. Time has been flying rather quickly. In fact, last night, uh, it was one in the morning, and I looked at the clock, and I was like, didn't we just get done podcasting? Time flew. Yeah, yeah, I, that's what it is. It's like t- time just kind of flies, and you know, you're you're all mixed up and doing whatever it is you're doing. Well, we're going to have a couple of days to to kind of just walk away, you know, and enjoy some different um, leisurely activities. So nothing more for the week after today. So, but we will be back on Monday anyway. Today. Uh, we've got some stuff that uh, well, we got we got some stuff lined up today. I think. I mean, not really much in the in the way of COVID. God only help us if we actually end up going that way. But uh, I do have some audio I want to get to from uh, an Australian senator. I wanted to play it yesterday, but I completely forgot. It is some good stuff. All right, so I want to go to a clip here just real quick before we move on here. I want to go to a senator from Australia. Uh, this is Senator Malcolm Roberts. Uh, and we'll just discuss this here briefly. But um, this guy. Uh, what this guy says, this guy is 100% on the money for what he has to say about what's going on in Australia. Take a listen to this. The side that is locking people up for the crime of being healthy, arresting protesters, pepper spraying kids and beating up grannies, banning books and electronic messages, censoring social media, sending threatening letters, forcing small businesses to close, urging people to do to dob into centres and banning safe drugs that have worked for 60 years are all on the wrong side of history. In a frightening development, New South Wales has called in the troops to keep innocent, healthy citizens locked in their homes in what can only be called martial law. Recent freedom marches showed what happens to citizens who exercise their democratic right to protest. People are demonised, hunted down. The media vilifies to discourage others from questioning the control state. If the government can decide who is free and who is not, then that is not freedom, and no one is free. A crisis will always be found to justify measures designed to protect the government, not the public. A crisis that is as easy to create as turning up the PCR test from 24 cycles up to 42, where a false positive is the most likely outcome, as has occurred. Actions such as these have created a crisis of confidence in government, and that, fellow citizens, is on the Senate. We are the House of Review. We're tasked with the duty to ensure honesty, transparency and accountability in the government of the day. We have failed in that solemn duty, our duty to our constituents. We have failed those yet to vote, our children, who are now being injected with a substance that has not undergone meaningful safety testing. The Liberal, National and Labor parties have colluded to waive these measures through this place, reducing the Senate to the status of a dystopian echo chamber. Each new restriction, although met with rightful public opposition, has not led to a re-evaluation, but rather has led the government to crack down even further. The Morrison government is behaving like a gambling addict who loses a hand and instead of admitting error and walking away, it doubles down. With troops now on the streets, it's frightening to contemplate where this will end. Everyday Australians 
are being deliberately demoralised to extract a, heart, a higher degree of compliance. When COVID first arrived, there were few masks, and the experts and authorities told us masks were not necessary. Now those same medically ineffective masks are used to condition people to fear and obedience. Crushing resistance crushes hope, and without hope we have no future. Is it any wonder that small businesses are closing permanently? Every small business closed was a family being provided for from work, hard work and enterprise. Who will look after those families now? The government? With whose money? The Reserve Bank, using electronic journal entries, can only create fiat money out of thin air for so long before it runs down our country. The government can only sell bonds until buyers stop coming forward. Then what happens? We will have no to people who were once able to pay their own way. Since when is a Liberal government, the party supposedly of Menzies, dedicated to making huge sections of the population totally reliant on the government for survival? The bad joke here is that the excuse used to justify this sudden rush to Marxism, public health, is moot. Deaths from all sources, including coronavirus and the flu, are at historic lows. Australia's death rate in 2020 was less than in 2019, and 2021's death rate is lower again. We're strangling Australia's economic life and future for no reason. Power has gone to the heads of our elected leaders and unelected bureaucrats who are exercising powers, yet do not feel the consequences themselves. Never in history has Lord Acton's famous quote rung more true, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. It's been calculated that the civil disobedience tipping point, which is the maximum capacity of the, of the police to arrest people, of the jails to hold people, and of the courts to process people, is, in Australia, around 100,000 people. Anything more than that, and the system comes crashing down. Attendance at the Freedom Rallies last month shows we're almost there. No wonder the Morrison government has been scared into resorting to the refuge of tyrants, the military, to intimidate citizens into compliance and to mandating injections threatening to rip away people's livelihoods. <coughs> Everyday Australians are seeing through the smoke screens of fear and intimidation. People now see the cost of the restrictions to family and community exceeds the medical cost of the virus. Everyday Australians have spoken. We will not be divided. We are united. We are one community. We are one nation. What are your thoughts? Well, first off the bat, it uh, sounds like um, this is uh, Australia's version of Rand Paul on the surface. Obviously, we, 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 I, I haven't heard any, anything else from this guy to know if he's consistent like Rand Paul. But uh, it's exactly what's been happening. Exactly what we've been talking about. Um, at least somebody's standing up and saying it in, in a parliamentary position there in Australia. What, what was it that I said? I said they're like a degenerate gambler. They'll keep doubling down and doubling down and doubling down. And that's exactly what he said. He knows the game. He knows the score. He knows how these people behave and he knows what they're doing. Yeah. And I'm glad somebody's standing up and saying it, you know, in, in, in the mainstream, if you will. Whether or not this is going through the media over there, I don't know. But at least he's standing up, you know, politically. He's putting himself out there. This was actually on uh, Australia's uh, TV uh, network somewhere. I, I don't, I don't know what it is, but clearly it's uh, it's a TV uh, production of some kind. I, I think they do something down there similar to like what we have with like C-SPAN, you know, where you can see in like the the government, the parliament stuff. But I'm sure that that was not played on the news anywhere. Hell, Sky News was just taken off down there. Yeah, yeah, uh, they were they were banned from uh, social media because mm -hmm. they talked about something. Uh, what was it? Um, there was some kind of um article or something they talked about that i think contradicted were, the the mainstream 
Yeah, I think they were talking about the effectiveness or rather the ineffectiveness of masks and social distancing. Yeah. I think that's all it was. Yeah. And that was a research paper. So like, I, I don't know why they would be the ones in trouble for it. They're reporting what the research paper found. All right. Well, anyway, I wanted to play that clip uh, before we uh, before we moved on here. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, that was uh, again, that was Senator Malcolm Roberts from Australia. I hope he keeps up with it. Uh, we'll be watching for more clips from him. Some protests are breaking out down in Melbourne today. Nothing in the media about it. Protests are also in the streets of France today. Nothing in the media about it. And there was somebody, there was someplace else that was actually uh, where they broke out. Latvia. 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 Of all places. Mm -hmm. Interesting. All right. I know that this is going to, I know this is going to hurt you, Bruce. I know it's going to be painful when I tell you this. Richard Tremka has died at the age of 72. And I know you're already rubbing your eyes. Are are you, are you tearing up? Are you, are you crying? Is that, is that why you're rubbing Uh, your eyes? Actually, I was uh, getting sleep out of my eye, but uh, I was trying to uh, remember who, who, uh, who who is Richard Trim? Who who is this guy again? Okay, he is the AFL CIO president. Uh, he was a labor organizer, labor leader. Basically, I mean, he was a more or less he was a Marxist. But about ten years ago, he was the gentleman that said that uh, the Bill of Rights were merely a charter of negative liberties, and um, you know clearly the founding fathers were nothing more than selfish aristocrats with no concern for the common man. Yeah, he's unfortunately he's passed away today, and I know it's a, it's a very sad day when you have patriotic Americans such as him making statements such as that, uh, they're no longer with us. What are we going to do going forward? Continue being free. Yeah. Anyway. All right. That's enough of that. Speaking of founding fathers, this is really a tough one to, to sit down and talk about. The thing that is on everybody's mind right now is that insurrection on January 6th, right? That's a, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Mm-hmm. That deadly day, right? The deadly day. The day that was more atrocious and cold-blooded than 9-11 Pearl Harbor and the Civil War combined. Mm -hmm. Now, if you think I'm being sarcastic, those are actual quotes, by the way. Yep. You'll be happy to know that they have tracked down one of the insurrectionists. They've tracked him down. And I know this this is this is going to shock you as to who they've tracked down. A locksmith from Missouri who was dressed as George Washington was tracked down and arrested after FBI agents used phone tracking and facial recognition software to find him. Now, now, before you say anything, before you say anything, I want you to look at this insurrectionist. I want you to see him. Look at this. Look at how he's assaulting that police officer. You see that? Look at the assault. It's he, taking place. He does place. have his hand raised. He does. He, he does. Yeah. And you see that flag he's holding there in his right hand. Mm-hmm. You see that? Mm-hmm. That 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 terrorist flag. That that mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like it's got it's red and white. It's got some blue and some stars on it. I, I don't know. It's just like that. That's what that is, right? Mm-hmm. And then. Mm-hmm. The actions that he's taking here in the Capitol building itself, I mean, clearly that is an insurrection. If that's not an insurrectionist, please tell me what is. I, I actually have to applaud him. That That is actually um, a well done. It's a very good outfit. Get up. <laughs> it's a that, very that, that good is, outfit. Uh, yeah. But again, you see the assault that's taking place right before your very eyes of the gentleman. Yeah, um, they, it's a photograph of him fixing a backhand a police officer. <laughs> Yes, while he's pointing in the other direction. And one, he's yeah. standing there yeah. in front of six other officers looking down on his phone. This is who they're arresting. Like they're spending taxpayer dollars and resources and assets that should be used to track down real criminals. And this is what they're after. Why aren't you people using this against cartel members on the southern border? How about that? How about you do something useful for that? Well, because they're releasing those people. I, I would like to see the warrants that they, uh, used to uh, track his phone and use the facial recognition software to track him down. I would like to see that too, but um, 
you know, of course, but well, see, all that's classified. You're not going to get any of that. No, see, you, you, they're after these terrorists, right? These 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 insurrectionists. That's who they're after. Isaac Yoder admitted to entering and exiting the Capitol through the west-facing door. Now, see, he was in the building. He, God help him, he was in the House of the People. He stormed the U.S. Capitol dressed as George, uh, dressed in a George Washington costume on January sixth. The FBI got an anonymous tip that a man entered the Capitol in a colonial-era costume on February 26th. More than 535 people faced charges arising from the riot seven months later. Yeah, those people are being held without trial at the moment, which you actually can't even do that. If you've got charges, let's see them. Supporters repeated Trump's false claim that the election was stolen from him through the widespread voting fraud. Uh, through widespread voting fraud. Uh, okay, Explain why Twitter just banned all of those accounts, all those audit accounts, all of them simultaneously. Explain why subpoenas were sent out from the Arizona State Senate to Dominion and to Maricopa County and the Board of Supervisors. And they have told them basically, nah, we don't care about your subpoenas. Do you have any idea what would happen to you if you got subpoenaed and you didn't appear in court? There would be a bench warrant for your arrest by 430 that day. That's what happens. If you are summoned to show up in court or produce this or whatever to the court, then you do it. But no, we can't do that. So that's a false claim. Yeah, that's, that's a false claim. There's no evidence, right? So we, we, can't even, we can't even acknowledge the court system because it's a false claim. Anyway, a man was arrested Wednesday for storming the U.S. Capitol. Storming, you hear this? He was storming. He was storming the U.S. Capitol right there. And you see what he's doing. He's basically, he's back up against the wall. And he's telling the officer, look, man, I don't want any trouble. I'm not here for that. That's literally what he's doing. A locksmith from Nevada. Um, in, interesting. Uh, a locksmith from Nevada. I'm sorry. Uh, no, Nevada, Missouri. Interesting. Do, do we actually have a Nevada, Missouri? Never heard of that. I, I, it's news to me. Okay. Uh, a locksmith from Nevada, Missouri earlier admitted that he entered and exited the Capitol through a west-facing door. Federal agents used phone tracking and facial recognition software to arrest Yoder following the riot on January 6th. In an affidavit seen by the Huffington Post, okay, yeah, and the FBI, uh, the FBI said that they received an anonymous tip on February 26th from someone who claimed an employee of Yoder's lock and key was involved in the January 6th riot. Um, it looks like that's uh, about 30 minutes north of Joplin. Interesting. All right. Well, anyway. All right. So we're arresting George Washington now. You know, the last guy they arrested we heard about, I told you what he had on him. He had a neck gaiter, a don't tread on me flag and a black tourniquet. That's what he had. That's what we're arresting and people the, for now. The FBI are now arresting people Legos. for. Oh, and the Lego. Yeah, the Legos. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't make this up. A Lego set, a neck gaiter, a black tourniquet, a don't tread on me flag. This, this is what we've been reduced to. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's just so stupid. All right. We had to lead with that. Why not? Right. I mean, Macron, CCP light, right? Yeah. Macron's vaccine pass has been backed by the French Constitutional Court, even though it's not constitutional at all. I don't care which country you're from. That's not constitutional at all. Everything that they've done has been based on ginned up garbage uh, and fear that they've used to peddle to the masses. That's all they've done here. And that's all they're going to continue to do, right? Fauci's already out saying, they got the media mouthpieces already out now saying, we've got 100,000 cases in the last 24 hours. And Fauci's saying that we're going to have 200,000 cases in four weeks time. They're already starting with the fear. They're already starting with the hysteria. You know, I heard that um, was the third or fourth cause of comorbidity for COVID was uh, 
anxiety and fear. Hmm. The COVID passport that's being introduced in France will be required to enter cafes and hospitals. You going to deny people medical care now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The new rules will take effect nationwide from August 9th. France Constitutional Court broadly backed the President Emmanuel Macron's new COVID rules that require proof of vaccination or negative test access activities, including eating out and travel. Of course, negative tests will no longer be sufficient uh, at, at some point. I mean, hell, they're already saying that in most countries. No, it's no longer sufficient. In New York, a negative test is no longer sufficient. No, you, you can't You can't do that. You know, the voluntary phase is over, as Mayor Bill de Blasio said. The Conseil Constitutionnel approved, I'm sorry if I screwed that up, approved the key feature, a vaccine passport that displays immunization or testing status and allows access to restaurants and trains, among other venues. Prime Minister Jean Castet, as well as opposition lawmakers, had requested a constitutional review of the law prior to its enactment. In France, access to cultural sites welcoming over 50 people is already limited to those with a valid health pass. But the bill plans to extend this measures to cafes, hospitals, planes, high-speed trains, and some malls. Because that's worked so well for the Israelis, they're shutting everything back down again because they have an outbreak of cases. Most vaccinated country in the world, one of them. But see, here's what it's meant to do. It's meant to bring the economy down. That's the point of it. They need a cover to bring the economy down. See, they've crashed the economy, but they're keeping it artificially inflated to give them time to move into self-preservation. And then as everything is collapsing, then they're going to blame everything on COVID and it's all your fault. Do you see how that works? Yeah. Uh, to give you a, a little bit more on that, Israel has a 64% vaccination rate. That's double vax. 60% are at least Oh, excuse me. 60% are double vax. 64% are at least one jab. Okay. So that's not working for them then? I, I mean, mean, that that's the, uh, the they're, they're past the herd immunity threshold. Yeah. But the, um, the point is, is that none of this is working. That's the point. Right. So like, like Fauci yeah. coming out saying, oh, we're going to have 200,000 cases a day in four weeks time. Well, right there, you're just admitting on the face of everything that everything you've done up to this point hasn't worked. That's all you're doing. Right. And if if the vaccine actually did work, COVID should not, it, it should not be there. But like herd immunity was, according to the research we had seen, uh, in the range of like 20 to 40%, depending. And they're well over 60% on, on at least one jab that should have eradicated COVID more or less in their country, not required a lockdown again. But the problem is, is that now all the research that we've looked at prior to this, pretty much everything within the research is actually happening. It's coming to pass, if you will. This is why you can't do anything with an mRNA vaccine against a coronavirus. They've tried this for decades. They've tried this and they've all ended the same way. You end up with uh, immunopathology and the whole thing actually makes it worse. That's what's happened every single time. And now, according to guys like Dr. Robert Malone, who's the inventor of the mRNA vaccine technology, according to him, he says, we're in the worst possible scenario. We now risk, which is exactly what they're telling you, we're now running into the risk of the people that are being vaccinated and vaccinated and vaccinated. You're going to cause that mutation through the vaccination that's going to be worse. And of course, they've changed all the counting measures now. They've changed all the restrictions now. They've changed all the measures. Again, they just move the goalpost to something else. Whatever they need, they'll move it. That's the incredible part about this thing is they'll just change things however they need it. For example, they no longer will count restrictions based on incidences alone. 
So cases, they won't just count cases based on that. Now they're going to look at hospitalizations. Let me ask you a question. With this new, uh, whatever this, this BS pass is that they have in France, you can't get into hospitals. Do you have any idea what the French people are going to do if they are sick and they can't get into a hospital and they are perfectly fine? The Constitutional Court, however, censured one of the most controversial aspects of the legislation that, that would have made it possible for employers to end certain short-term contracts for those who didn't have a valid vaccine passport. The judges also partially blocked a portion of the legislation that enabled automatic isolation for those who test positive. They're already hitting the streets, the French. This past today, they're already in the streets. They're protesting on Thursday evening. That's the time of this recording. And it's not a couple of hundred people out there, and they're not violent. They're not out there beating police and getting in trouble with police and uh, and smacking police around like the Aussies are doing, uh, unfortunately. But the Aussies are actually standing up to the cops. Do you know how many cases they had in Melbourne? They locked the entire region down down there. Do you know how many cases they had in Melbourne? Six. Six cases. Now, I didn't really want to talk too much about COVID today, but it's just too good. And it proves that everything that they've done up to this point just doesn't work. And it won't work. It's not meant to work. That's the other thing. It's just it's not meant to work. I know we don't talk too much about sports here. And I I know that uh, I've, I've been pretty harsh, pretty critical over sports players and sports fans and all that stuff over the last few months. New York Yankees, right? Professional baseball team. I'm a you know, I'm a Yankees fan. Used to be a Yankees fan. I'm not anymore. I really don't care anymore. But I was a Yankees fan for 20 years. We talked in the early days of all the, the vaccination, all, all the people that were double jabbed on the, the New York Yankees ball club, which everybody is. And quite frankly, they're following the COVID protocols to the letter. Too much, in fact. It's ridiculous. Bruce, I showed you a video of what was going on in Yankee Stadium on the Jumbotron the other night. Yeah. The Yankees ball spinning looks like a COVID virus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's just it it's there in everybody's face. The propaganda. It's, uh, it's, it's real. The, the, it's either a intentional like propaganda thing to kind of trigger that that memory, that thought, that process. Um, perhaps uh, it might make you a little more uneasy being in that uh, location around so many people. Um, maybe it's just a huge failure on the, the side of the um, uh, advertisement team. Maybe they made a terrible gaffe and, and made um, uh, their, their graphic there look like a COVID virus. Unfortunately, I don't think it's a terrible gaffe. I think it's done on purpose. But one of the interesting things about the Yankees ball club was nine Yankees players tested positive for COVID despite all being double vaccinated. That was a few months ago. Again, just today. You got two of their hot shot pitchers that have tested positive for COVID, double jabbed, both of them. So now two of their best guys are out. See, my point in discussing this is it's designed to take out the people that you need to take out for whatever reason you see fit. They've got a big game coming up and they have two of their best guys that are now not able to play. Of course, guess what? I know they're asymptomatic. Yeah, they're, they're asymptomatic. They both feel fine. And, and of course, the, the manager's out today and he says, I think everyone can understand it's certainly a, a challenge and it's difficult. Certainly, uh, we, we have to feel for these two, these two guys in this situation, guys that are obviously in the midst of great seasons and the integral parts of, of this team. So you feel for them that they have to go and they have to sit out. And, you know, generally speaking, they're, they're feeling pretty well. So you're now going to ruin these two guys' careers. And, and when you're in baseball, that's all that matters are your wins and your statistics. Now they have to give that up because of some BS concoction that, that, that these, these clubs and these, these people are doing. My point is, is that 
people's professional lives are about to be ruined as a result of this. Even though you have Yankees guys, right? Two two Yankees pitchers. And believe me, these are these are high paid guys, right? Pitchers and ball clubs are are the highest paid guys. So it's not exactly like they're hurting for money. But my point is, is that this is what they're going to now do. These guys obviously aren't going to lose their jobs, but the healthcare workers and the military officers and the military servicemen are. They're going to lose their jobs. They're going to lose their livelihoods. And with these vaccine passports now going in all over the place by unconstitutional, illegal violation of every damn rule and and constitutional regard that we have in our lifetime, you're now going to ruin people's lives. And make no mistake about it, even if you follow along with it, even if you say, "Okay, well, I'm just going to do it, they're still going to pull you. That's my point. That's why I'm discussing this. They're still going to use all of this and they will ratchet it down even more for whatever purpose they see fit, because these are sick, evil people through and through from the top to the bottom. If you're living in a town that has covid restrictions and the mayor says he agrees with it, the mayor's evil. It's that simple with uh, all the businesses that have shut down. And I mean, there's a bunch of other the average American that were considered professionals that have lost their jobs as well because of all this with the shutdowns and everything. And now they're they're bringing in the uh, mandates to where um, you cannot come to the U.S. unless you've been vaccinated. That's the first step. They're going to move it to the populace next. But uh, they, they've also requiring the federal government, all all branches of the federal government. They're looking at the military. They're they're pushing forward for the military contractors, all of you know. You don't get it. You don't do business with business with them. I mean, they're potentially ruining your career there as well. Um, so they're they're hitting us from all all sides, all directions, all angles. And I, I mean, are we okay with it? I mean, is is it just is this the new 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 world that we're just so happily rolling over and allowing to come into play? Well, I don't necessarily think that. People are rolling over and make it making it happily. The, the problem is, is that you've got them like the political establishments. They're moving. They, they are moving. And the reason they're moving is because of what's happening out in the streets. That's why they're moving. They don't have any choice. They're, they're just doubling down and doubling down and doubling down. They're, they're not going to care. For example, when they got caught by Senator Paul and Senator Kennedy and Senator Marshall, when Senator Marshall is sitting there saying, uh, Dr. Fauci, you funded research for that spike protein. And now this is the same spike protein that's on the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Can you explain that? And he says, I'm sorry, what are you referring to, Senator? Uh, son, do you think it's kind of coincidental that the same S1 spike protein that you funded research for is now the same S1 spike protein that's on the SARS-CoV-2 virus that we're now dealing with. I'm sorry, Senator, is that, a, is that a study or a research that you're referencing? You see, when you're caught like that, it's the same thing as the election of Donald Trump, the vote for Brexit, the election of the Tory government in the UK. Whenever you have a long-held establishment that is in power and that intends on staying in power, anytime that you you give them a one-two punch like that, and you put them in a state where they've been knocked back and they're now weakened, they get whipped up into this insane frenzy of hatred, fear, and paranoia until the whole thing just becomes a madhouse and the entire system tears itself apart. That's where they are right now. They've been weakened. They're whipped up into this this insane frenzy of literally what I just said, hatred, fear, and paranoia. And they're just going for broke. That's where they are. And so they're going to continue the degeneracy. It's going to continue to spiral out of control. Do, do you remember back in the 80s or, or in the early 90s, Bruce, you remember you go to shopping malls and, and they had those giant funnels 
and you would drop a quarter on the edge of it and it would spiral around and around and around, sure. you know? Yeah. 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 Okay. Until eventually you get right to the end and then it's going so fast, you can barely keep your eyes on it and then it drops down into that hole. Okay. Mm -hmm. They are in that last spin cycle, if you will. That's where they are as far as the insanity and the craziness. Oh, it's going to get more crazy because as we get further down and we start getting to that abyss, then it's just going to get more insane. The Biden administration plans on reopening the country to vaccinated foreigners. Joe, have you looked to see how many people that are vaccinated are actually spreading the disease? Have you seen that? Like I said, they changed how they count this stuff. It's now going to result in hospitalizations, too, because they know what's going to happen. They know very well what's going to happen because all the research we've looked at and hell, the people that invented it say exactly the same thing. They say this is what you're going to cause. You're going to cause a bigger problem by doing this. And they don't care. They don't care. They're going to continue on. The government is planning to reopen foreign travel to Americans uh, to America again under the condition that those arriving for a visit are vaccinated. Does that include the southern border, sir? No, actually, it doesn't. Uh, the, the southern border, if you come in illegally and you show that you're positive, that's all right. We'll bust you to some other city in the U.S. As it stands so far, Americans who want to leave the USA for Europe can already do so. Canada has an August 9th date to reopen travel, while the UK has similarly relaxed restrictions for vaccinated visitors, visitors as of August 2nd. Uh, and then they'll just shut it down again whenever they need to, because you'll need a booster, you see. Yeah, you'll, you'll need a booster. The outlet cited that an official White House source who described that the administration is working on a system to reopen international travel. They're planning a phased approach that over time will mean with with limited exceptions that foreign nationals traveling to the United States from all countries need to be fully vaccinated. Uh-huh. Like I said, does that include the southern border? I don't think so. Also, the Biden administration is expected to make vaccination mandatory for all active duty soldiers. You can't do that with an experimental vaccine. You cannot do that. You can't mandate, well, not even for soldiers, for, for anybody. You can't mandate something that's experimental. You can't do that by law. You're forcing a medical procedure on someone without their consent. That's against the Nuremberg Code on its face. We put the Nazis to death for this. We hung them for this. We hung the doctors that did these procedures for this. That's mainline history. I'm not saying anything that's not untrue here. Go and look it up. Oh, but see, they're going to they're going to approve it, right? Do you know why this has never been approved? It's never been approved because it's never made it past the animal trials because the animals have died in every single trial that they've ever conducted. But they needed something to get this through. They needed something so big, so massive, so fearful that they didn't have any other option. And I could sit here and I could bash Trump for 30 minutes because of that, but I'm not going to do it. The U.S. Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, who is double vaccinated, by the way, and got off the plane in the Philippines with a mask and a face shield on, doing fist bumps to all the people that are masked and everything else. on the It's disgusting. He gets off the plane alone outside with a mask and a face shield on. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. Well, to be fair, knowing that the vaccines don't work, I mean, that's the other maybe thing. that is proper protocol. Yeah, that is to wear the protocol. mask and the face yeah, shield. Yeah, they're looking to make these things mandatory for all active duty troops this week. Uh, comes after President Joe Biden asked the military to examine how and when to make that happen on July 29th. Uh, well, Joe, it's simple. If you want to violate international law, you just do it, right? Yeah, you just do it. Why not? You just do. Yeah, you just do. Okay, um, that's enough about uh, that's enough about COVID, man. I, I really don't want to go any further than that. I, I'm done with that stuff for this week. All right, uh, I, I've had enough of it. I just need a few days away from it. Let's talk about Kim Jong Un. Okay. Some new photos of him have surfaced. I don't know if you've seen these yet, but I will share them now. You'll be able to see them here. So some new photos are up of Kim Jong Un, and he's got some bandages on the back of his head. 
So like right there's one and here's some others. Now this one over here on the on the far right, you can actually see that one very clearly uh, on the back of his head there. First of all, and you you've been watching things going on over there and you know things with what reports and what information we do have and what we're able to find. First of all, is this kid really alive? That's the first thing. That that's the first thing. Is it really him or is it a body double? Cuz I think in some of those pictures we've seen, we've actually been able to tell that it's a body double. And second, what do you think that this could signify? Do you think he's had some kind of brain surgery or something? Possible. I was just trying to compare the photographs from from these um to see, you know, if it it looked like the same person if you will. I mean, this well, could easily the, just be. Yeah, but if you look at the chins, if you look at the uh, the ear profiles, I mean, that's a spitting image. I mean, I know that they do a good job sometimes with these body doubles, but it's kind of difficult really to get the inside of the ear cartilage correct. And those are dead on every one of them. Yeah, but you could also do that with prosthetics. You could so. do it. Yeah, you could do it with prosthetics. You could also do it with Photoshop. So granted, right? yeah. granted, you can do that. But still. Whatever that is that's on the back of his head, you can clearly see that it's getting larger. If it was brain surgery, it would have, uh, I feel like it would have been a bigger area, if you will. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure what it is. It could be some kind of um, skin cancer or something. Cyst. I don't know. Neural implant? Could be an implant. I, I mean, we are in an that, experiment. We are in that realm now. Neural implant. Yeah, the the neural implant one, that's um, maybe uh, it's just, uh, I don't know. Could be. I'm not sure what it is. It has kind of a, some of the photographs there have a green hue without the bandage, which, um, I mean, that's your typical silicone color. Yeah. Now, uh, we've talked about North Korea in the past and uh, and how, mu- how much of a concern that is. North Korea releases army rice reserves amid shortage. We know that they have had food problems there before. And I assume that this is actually going to get a lot worse because look at what's happened in China, right? The harvest has failed in China. That's not good. That's not good. We're having problems in the U.S. We are the largest supplier of grain and pork to the Chinese. And of course, China then turns around and supplies North Korea. So if we don't have food, then that means China doesn't have food. And if China doesn't have food, then that means North Korea doesn't have food. And that's not good. That means China goes on a war footing and they release their junkyard dog in North Korea. North Korea is releasing emergency military rice reserves as its food shortage worsens. South Korea's spy agency on Tuesday said uh, with a heat wave and drought reducing the country's supply, North Korea's reported food problems come as its uh, moribund economy continues to be battered by the protracted COVID-19 pandemic. I, I didn't think they had any cases. I thought North Korea was the only country in the world that actually didn't have any cases. They were completely fine. No issues. Yeah. And yet they were doing uh, minimal testing and supposedly came back with some positive results but yeah they weren't positive results it turns out they they didn't have any positive results it, it they swept but that they had the a rug. they had a very efficient vaccination program i heard though yeah yeah i'm, I'm it was, sure it was almost it, maybe, a cure really it, it was almost a cure maybe that's what uh maybe that's what uh kim here uh maybe that's what he had done is uh he had the cure implanted in the back of his head could be could be. Not sure. While mass starvation and social chaos have not been reported, you know, it's very difficult to get information out of there. Observers expect a further deterioration of North Korea's food situation until the autumn harvest. Now, see, this could be bad because I think, didn't North Korea also have some flooding? Didn't they also have uh, some flooding problems? Because it is monsoon yeah. season over there. China's getting hit with record floods. So is uh, Japan and, and all the rest of it. It's not uncommon because 
that typhoon's going to move right across that region. Yeah, so um, I'm pretty sure they were having problems there as well, along with the food shortages and whatnot. So uh, maybe, maybe what he's doing is uh, maybe he's having some like health problems with being overweight. He was like 310 pounds at one point. Yeah. So, well, I mean, his people are starving yeah. to death. Yeah. He's also a chain smoker and a whiskey drinker, I understand, which is, again, not good. Uh, Seoul's National Intelligence Service told a closed-door parliamentary committee meeting that North Korea is supplying rice reserved for wartime use to citizens with little food. Uh, does that mean the entire country? Other laborers and rural state agencies, according to Ha Kong, uh, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. One of the lawmakers who attended the session, he cited that the National Intelligence Service, is, as saying an ongoing heat wave and drought have wiped out rice, corn and other crops and killed livestock in North Korea. The National Inter Intelligence Service also said that North Korea's leadership views fighting the drought as a matter of national existence. Uh, well, yeah, because if you can't feed people, then, well, you're going to lose things really quickly. So th that's not good. But I also heard his sister was out rattling swords this week, too, calling the West a bunch of capitalist pigs and scum and souls a puppet of the U.S., blah, blah, blah. The usual rhetoric, right? Just the, the usual stuff to just stir stuff up and create problems. That's uh, that's more of that. Now, do you think that they they would actually use North Korea as a trigger for the region? Maybe. I, I honestly... I guess China could pull something like that and say you're going to do something or we're going to pull uh, aid from your country or something. I, I mean, they, 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 they need could a probably manipulate it. Yeah, but they need yeah. a distraction. China announced today that um, let me get the uh, let me get the actual tweet. Official Chinese government statement today on uh, I think it's their Ministry of Foreign Affairs on uh, Twitter from their verified account. Taiwan is an inalienable part of the Chinese territory. The U.S. arms sale to Taiwan severely violates the One China Principle and the Three China-U.S. Joint Communiques. China will take legitimate and necessary countermeasures in light of the development of the situation. Legitimate, yeah, okay. Legitimate, yeah, yeah and like necessary. And necessary, yeah. yes, and necessary, yeah, and necessary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Taiwan's a sovereign nation, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, the, uh, apparently the British have buckled to the uh, the request of the Chinese Communist Party. And they say that, um, the, well, they're going to be withdrawing their uh, uh, their carrier from the South China Sea immediately. So they, they threatened to pull the funding from uh, Boris. I guess. I'm not sure. But I mean, if it were me and I were the leader of Great Britain and I'm not, I would say, how soon can we get another one over there? Yeah. Just saying. Yep. This just in. CNN has fired three employees who dared to come into the office unvaccinated oh. they have cited a zero tolerance policy so yeah you're out yeah how do you like it how do you like it all of you people over at cnn that carried the water how do you like it now well i mean we we have government officials saying that private corporations and businesses need to uh do their own vaccine mandates uh you need to have it at the local levels um you know mayors and uh, governors need to do it on their local levels because, you know, you can't expect the federal government to do it. You know, it's it's the right ethical thing to do to uh -huh. uh, mandate your populace take an experimental yeah. drug. Uh-huh. Okay. Since we're talking about China, and I, I kind of wanted to stick with that, since we're talking about China, I know this is going to come as a shock to you. I know we've kind of, you know, talked about this a little bit before, but uh, out of the National Pulse, they've done, again, they've done some uh, some great work over there. They found that, well, the Chinese Communist Party has uh, subsidized trips for Western journalists for over 25 years, uh, including the likes of, I know these, these names are going to shock you, CNN, 
National Public Radio, The Washington Post, The New York Times, Reuters, ABC, NBC, and a few others. I know that's 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 a shocker. That is a shocker that they've been uh, subsidizing lavish trips and, and vacations and, and all the rest of it for favorable coverage uh, over the last 25 uh, years. It's, it's almost like it's the same organizations that they were sending money to through advertising and everything. It's almost like it's it the same. It is. Huh. I wonder if there's any kind of correlation there, if it's just it just happens to be a coincidence. Several Chinese Communist Party linked groups, including the regime's Ministry of Foreign Affairs, which is one that just said that, you know, Taiwan is part of the, the one China policy, have subsidized trips to China for American journalists in an effort to enhance their understanding of U.S.-China relations since the 90s. Enhance, you know, not not sway them, just enhance it a little bit. That's all. Just enhance mm, it. Mm, mm. Among the outlets sending journalists to participate in the trips are the New York Times, the Washington Post, the reason we call it that, National Public Radio, who is 110% bankrolled by the U.S. federal government, CNN, Reuters, Politico, and a few others. The China-United States Journalism Exchange is what it's called. That's an exchange. I see it's an exchange program. It's just like student exchange, kind of like that... Um, that foreign agent that was having connections with the People's Liberation Army, and she was also a member of the U.S. Air Force and, and a couple other things. And, and she was actually arrested because she forged information on her visa application and all of it. She was actually arrested. But that was a misunderstanding because DOJ dropped all those charges this morning and she's free to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we are. Uh, now, this is sponsored by a New York-based East-West Center, the All-China Journalists Association and the Better Hong Kong Foundation. Yeah, see, China's for that Better Hong Kong Foundation. Better Hong Kong. Yes, Better yeah. Hong Kong. That means yeah, because Chinese the Hong controlled, Kong, right? Well, yeah, but the Hong Kong that was there before, I wasn't good enough, right? So they have to, it's like built back yeah. better. You know, it's, it, it's like building back better. You got to you got to make it better than you had it before. So, I mean, that's what better way than, than to, you know, get them involved because they do things better, don't they? I, I mean, clearly they've handled the pandemic better than any other country in they the, have. the West. They have. Yeah. I mean, it's only 3000 deaths. Yeah, it was only 3000. That's all they had. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, the fact that they're locking down another city again, you don't pay any attention to that. That's that's no, no biggie. No, no that's yeah. fine. Yeah. But see, it's all those foreigners that were in there that, that actually caused that outbreak, though. That, that was the problem, was all the foreigners that they were in there doing that. Right. Okay. Okay. The, the people they don't have under control. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Inaugurated in 2010, the program expanded upon a 1996 initiative. Who was president in 1996? Just saying. Supported by the Chinese Communist Party's Ministry of Foreign Affairs that granted free trips to China for journalists from mainstream American media outlets. The effort is closely tied to the Chinese-United States Exchange Foundation, or CUSEF, a foreign influence group operating under the Chinese government's United Work Front Department. The United Front, which, of course, is a, you know, communism, united, yeah. According to the U.S.-China Security and Economic Review Commission, where do they come up with all these co these committees and these commissions and these, these groups? My God, these foundations, it's like, it's ridiculous. This... U.S.-China Security and Economic Review Commission aims to co-opt and neutralize sources of potential opposition to the Chinese regime and influence foreign governments and other actors to take actions to adopt positions supportive of Beijing's preferred policies. Enter Twitter, anybody? Facebook, YouTube, Google, Microsoft, Apple. In practice, the CUSEF has sponsored trips to China for mainstream corporate media outlets in exchange for favorable coverage. 
Now, see that they, they just want to enhance your view of things. That's all they want to do here. They just want to make sure that you understand things a little bit better. That's all they want to do. As revealed through the Foreign Agent Registration Act filings with the Department of Justice, the group's explicit goal of the trips is to, <laughs> you couldn't make this up, effectively disseminate positive messages to the media, key influencers and opinion leaders and the general public. I mean, it's a, it's a typical propaganda that, that we see from communist nations, Marxist. I mean, this is exactly they're, they're what pushing Soviets for that did. propaganda. This is exactly yeah. what the Soviets did. The Soviets did this back in the 60s and the 70s. What they would do is they would take mayors of towns, American towns, and they would take trips, sponsored trips over to the Soviet Union. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? And they would look at how things were over there in Russia and how great it was. They would take them to Moscow and to St. Petersburg, and you'd see all the statues of Stalin and Lenin and everything. You know, you'd see all that stuff. I mean, I'm sure this is a side issue. I'm sure it's got nothing to do with anything. But one of those mayors that actually took one of those trips was a mayor from the city of Burlington, Vermont, named Bernie Sanders. Uh, you might have heard of him. You, you might have heard of him. But not only would they do that, but you would also have Communist Party cells in America and open party members. They would also do exchange programs with people in Moscow. They would go back and forth. They would learn. They would be taught when they would go there. You would attend the Lenin School when you were in Moscow about tactics, Communist Party tactics. And then you would take that information and that knowledge back to the United States and you would carry that message within your propaganda and within your party cell. That's exactly what they're doing here. This is exactly what they did in the Soviet Union. Anybody that knows anything about Soviet history would know exactly this. In modern times, but see, they're just here to enhance your understanding of things. Sponsors of the China-United States Journalism Exchange uh -huh, are also closely tied to the CUSEF as American journalists participating in the trips have also repeatedly met with CUSEF founding... Chairman Tung Chi Hua. Sorry, I, I don't know who that is. Oh, he's the he's the um, the, the guy for the, that runs the Foundation for a Better Hong Kong. I'm sorry. That's that's the one. Members of the CUSES Board of Governors, including Ronnie Chan and Daniel Fung, are also on the board of the East West Center, which has hosted the CUSES Tung as keynote speaker as a keynote speaker. Chan is also the chairman of the executive committee for another program sponsor, the Better Hong Kong Foundation. So see, they're all linked to the same thing. Again, this is exactly what they did in the Soviet Union. They would create all these front groups and you would have each person that would be involved in key positions in each one of them. Now, I know that this might come as a shock to you, but the details surrounding all of these participants and sponsors and all of these activities, well, they were wiped from the databases of these uh, these organizations back in 2017. So unfortunately, you're not able to understand the better enhancement that they were looking to achieve. See, they've already accomplished their goal of the people that they had there. So they've cleaned everything else up. The whole thing's become a whitewash. The now deleted program description explains how a cohort of American journalists travel to China and a Communist Party-run media cohort travels to America before meeting to exchange opinions, this is a quote, exchange opinions on how media coverage of each country can be improved. Um, go out of business? <laughs> that's, that's the best way that we can improve media coverage of both countries at this point. Go out of business? We don't want to hear your garbage anymore. We don't want to hear your lies and your propaganda and your fear porn anymore. Go out of business. The Chinese participants visit Washington, D.C. and one to two other cities in the U.S., while American journalists will visit Beijing. 
another mainland China city, and Hong Kong. Following these study tours, study tours, you hear this? Study tours. What did I say? I said, if you were a radical revolutionary in America and you would be part of the exchange program with the Communist Party in Russia at the time in the Soviet Union, you would be going to the Lenin School after you got the tours. It's the same exact thing. This is an old game. Following these study tours, all Chinese and American journalists meet for a two-day dialogue to share their travel experiences and observations and to exchange opinions on how media coverage of each country can be improved. The trips are subsidized by the aforementioned Chinese Communist Party-linked sponsors. The program covers, listen to all this stuff, it covers air transportation, lodging, program-related ground transportation, and meals for participating journalists, and of course, drinks and all the frills. Deleted web pages from the East-West Center documenting the 2011 delegation reveals American journalists enhancing, again with this word, enhancing, enhancing their understanding on U.S.-China relations from lectures by Chinese Communist Party officials. Really? You mean American journalists from the likes of CNN and Reuters and NPR and the Washington Post and the New York Times? You mean they attend Chinese Communist Party lectures? That never would have crossed my mind if you read some of the stuff that they put out. You'd never think that. You'd really never think that. In China, the Americans explored how China's 12th five-year plan... Oh, yes, the five-year plans of the Soviet Union were fantastic. 40 million people succumbed to starvation because of their garbage five-year plans. Oh, this is disgusting. How China's 12th five-year plan is impacting China's economic and social development, helping meet its ambition to become a moderately wealthy nation. Moderately wealthy. Yeah. And improving the standard of living for the vast majority of its citizens over the next five years. They were surprised and impressed by Ningbo's wealth, technology, rapid pace of development, and massive infrastructure and construction projects, including a new port city in Beijing, they met with the ministries of foreign affairs and commerce and with academics to enhance their understanding on U.S.-China relations. See, again, with the enhancement, that's all they want to do here. They just want to enhance that just a little bit. Bruce, you look like you look like you're just you're dying laughing over there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this enhancing uh, of your understanding of uh, the CCP. Uh, that, that, that's great. So some other deleted web pages uh, reveal that high-level editors from state-run Chinese outlets, uh, including the deputy director of the People's Liberation Army Daily Paper, comprising the delegations. So they have a list of journalists here, and they range from outlets like the New York Times, Washington Post, NPR, CNN, Reuters, uh, and a few others. They've listed these people going all the way back with documentation going all the way back to uh, 2011. Uh, And some of these, I'll just go through some of these. Okay, so... NPR, obviously. I'm just I'm not going to name the people. I'm just going to name because that would take too long. I'm just going to name the organizations here. Just to give you an idea, when you see these useless rags on the newsstand or, or you see this crap on TV, this is where their funding and their enhancement comes from. NPR, obviously, National Public Radio, The Washington Times. That one surprises me, actually. That's a pretty conservative uh, outlet. Uh, that, that one kind of shocks me. One person that was there was the, their chief economic correspondent. But again, that was all the way back in 2011. Congressional Quarterly, <laughs> Barron's Magazine. That's the financial outlet, isn't it? Barron's? Yeah, that's that's the financial thing. That, that's I think that's even why Trump named his kid Barron. I think Barron's. That's the... Uh, yeah, investing publication. Yeah. yeah. The Orange County Registrar in Santa Ana, California. Time Magazine, The Washington Post, The Detroit Free Press... The Washington Post, The Plain Dealer in Cleveland, Ohio. Really? Are you kidding me? The New York Times, The Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, 
CNN, again, NPR, Slate Magazine. That's about as left as you can get, I think. Reuters, Bloomberg, the Boston Globe, Reuters again, NBC News, ABC7 News out of Colorado, out of Denver, Colorado, the local affiliate out there, That's- which would ex- that would explain a lot about Denver. You know that now that I think on it? Well, it does, but it, it, it's odd that you would get in a local affiliate like that. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just, but it makes but sense. See, here's, I mean, look here's at Boulder, the other thing. for example. Here's the other thing, though. This The person they took was a guy by the name of Mark Stewart, and he was a reporter and a substitute anchor. So see, that's the perfect plant. That's the perfect plant. That's the last person you'd be yeah. looking at would be that right there. So that's perfect. Okay. Uh, the Washington Post, The Economist Magazine, The Seattle Times, The News and Observer, Kerry Halperin, <laughs> who's the producer at Fareed Zarkaria's GPS on CNN. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't have seen that one coming. The Houston Chronicle, NPR again, Barron's again, ABC News, NBC News, KUOW, uh, Public Radio in Seattle, Washington, the Los Angeles Times, the Tribune of Washington Bureau, Politico Magazine, and the Huffington Post. So there you go. There you go. That's just people that attended those particular things. That doesn't include all the other reports we've done in the past about the Chinese Communist Party taking out full page ads in publications like USA Today, The Wall Street Journal, and and all the rest of them. So, I mean, that, that doesn't include any of that. Just enhancements. These are just the enhancements that they went to attend. Yes, just those. Yeah. So... The Senate, okay, the Senate has rolled out, uh, we'll do this last few minutes here, the Senate has rolled out a bill restricting the sale of Chinese telecom devices. So I'm assuming here they're targeting Huawei and Xiaomi and uh, Realme and a, and a few other of these uh, these things. Uh, I, I would assume here that Huawei is going to be the, the top of the mountain. That's what they're going after. Now, here's my thing. Here's my thing. I've said before, and this is general for everything, if you are a country that is, which this is a little difficult to say now because of what we've been dealing with over the last 12 months. But if you're a country that stomps on your people's rights, then we shouldn't be doing business with you, period, end of story. But unfortunately, making that statement now, we wouldn't be doing business with each other at all. Right. Yeah. So, well, let's just make sure that everybody has no rights and then we can do business with each other. That that would be a, a more prudent statement at this point, right? At, at this point, because I, I, I don't think there's any country... Thinking about it offhand, maybe maybe Antarctica, uh, maybe maybe they haven't stepped on their citizens' rights. That, that's about all you got left. Yeah, uh, yeah. Everybody else has stepped on stepped on the rights. Actually, a country that that stepped on their rights but kind of gave them back is, of all places, Russia to a degree. I mean, they still step on their their populace and they're still an oligarchy. But as far as COVID is concerned, they stepped on their rights with COVID, and then we're like, yeah, okay, you can go back to normal. Yeah, here's your rights back. Yeah, well, the Russians are like, you know, they, they don't want to, they really don't want to mess around. But see, here's the other thing. The, the Russians are, well, they they like the oligarchy over there. It, it's easy enough for them to be what you said offline the other night. They can be the boss hog types and they can run things, mm-hmm. but they also have to keep their people in a position where they're satisfied. So, hey, why not try capitalism because you've been in the, the horrible boot of communism for 80 years? Why not try capitalism for a change? And make some money, right? Get get out of that uh, that mess, that horrible mess that the Russian people have been in for for decades, for almost a century. So I don't blame them. 
But this thing, this this tech thing, I am regardless of this, we shouldn't be doing any kind of dealings with with the way technology is and the way that these tech companies are in bed with the Chinese Communist Party and and the way that that all of this stuff works now with all these back doors and those that don't take the proper precautions to protect their information. We shouldn't be having any Chinese products here. None. Zero. Next to none. We should be exporting them, getting them the hell out of here. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. When you when you look at it as well, though, you you also have um, all the chipsets and everything that are manufactured overseas as well. That's of concern. Um, some uh, products that are manufactured, or at least assembled in China, um, whether or not you know the chipsets are made there, China could buy some chipsets that also get dumped into the product, unbeknownst to the original manufacturer, right? So so Apple, for example. They could make a product over in China and there could be something going on there. Like they could add a pro, uh, a, a chipset to the product that would give them backdoor access to all that information. Plausible. It is plausible. But I mean, you can do that with just about everything now. This has been my argument with this, um, this COVID passport stuff. Think about this. Think about this. Think about it if they didn't have access to your smartphone. Think about if you had a smartphone that didn't have the compatibility with the COVID passport system. If everybody had that, then there's nothing they can do. See, it's a double-edged sword with this technology stuff. They sell it to you for convenience. At the same time, it's meant to put you under their thumb. People like us, we've been taking steps, and we've been talking about that here over the last you know two, three years now. We've been taking steps to get out of this while still keeping it, if that makes sense. I remember I, I went to Bruce over... It was well over a year ago, and I said, it was two years ago, and I said, there has got to be something out there, something that is not Apple or Google. There has got to be something. I refuse to believe it. Every time you have a potential competitor arise to dethrone one of these these sick control freak companies, they get shut down or bought out every single time. There's very few options that you can choose from now. However, Google made the mistake. I personally believe this was a mistake. They made the mistake early on with their operating system. And the mistake they made was the following. Apple was starting to run away with the smartphone marketplace, right? The iPhone hit and there was no Android to counter it with. I remember when the iPhone came. The closest thing that you had to a smartphone before an iPhone was a BlackBerry. I had one. That was the closest thing you could get. And everybody was amazed at those things, you know, and before that, I mean, hell, I had them back when you could only get them when they were like, you know, available for, uh, I don't know, like managers and, and executives and things like that. And so, I mean, I was like one of the only guys in my entire town that had one. Everybody was fascinated by it. But when the iPhone came, that changed everything. Google wasn't really a thing. It was there, but it wasn't really a thing. There was no competitor to the iPhone. There was really nothing. And so when the smartphone hit from Android, you had just, it was called the droid. It was just, that's what it was, droid. So when that hit, it took a while for that stuff to catch on. It took a while. So Google was lagging behind. So they released their source code. Because if you if you take the, the Android operating system and you strip it down to its its base, if you strip it down to its bare bones and you remove everything from it, all the tracking stuff, all the everything, all the backdoors and everything from it, you strip it down to its to its base, its open source. So Google released that code. And quite frankly, it's, Android's a great operating system because you can do so much with it. And it's, it's really secure when you, when you strip it down to its, uh, to its base. But they were hoping at the time to open that up so other companies could then adopt their OS, which did happen. But the idea was is that Google was going to create all of these other things. And they were going to 
integrate all these other services within that operating system, which they've done. So you've got like music, they've integrated the YouTube stuff and, and, and all the rest of it, right? The browsers, the Chrome, you know, Chrome browser and everything. So their idea was to release that, get everybody to take their software, and then they can incorporate their services into that operating system for whoever adopts it, which mostly that's what they do. Samsung, Sony, Motorola, you know, that's, that's what they do. Uh, OnePlus. All the web browsers, they're all based on Chromium, which is Chrome. That, that's Google's web browser. Mm-hmm. All of them. I, I mean, all the major ones are based on it. I don't think there's maybe one or two out there that are no longer that aren't Chromium, but all of them are based on it now, uh, at least the mainstream ones. Mm -hmm. So that's what they did was exactly that. They were hoping to get everybody in with their services. But now that that's expanded, now you have other companies that are arising doing other things. For example, uh, you've got some German startup companies that are now doing what are called Linux phones. And it's essentially, it's the Linux operating system, but it's been transferred to a touchscreen. And you can buy these things. You can buy them for, I don't know, it's like 400, 500, which, I mean, that's about the standard cost that you get. But you have control over everything. I built the smartphone that I've got now. I'm not in the Google system. I'm not in the App Store. I'm not in the, the Play Store, whatever you want to call it. I'm not in that system, but I still have access to what I need to have access to. That's the point of it. You have control. The user, you have control. In the system that they are creating, you have no control. You hear about all these people in the UK that are getting pinged out of the workforce. Yeah, the pingdemic is what they're actually calling it. They're moving to even have people pinged based on your geolocation that they're going to scrape. That doesn't play if you have an independent device. That doesn't play if you have a device that's not on their networks. There's no way for them to track that. The COVID software that they put in, well, they could they could do it through the the uh, through through like the um, the cell networks, but that's as simple as okay. Let's say they do it through SMS. That's as simple as you block all calls from unknown people that are not on your contacts list. You don't receive a message. It's that simple. There's no way for them to override that. Especially, there's no way for them to override that if it's an operating system that you control. It's easy enough for them to go in and backdoor it if it's a system they control. You still have uh, the cell phone provider. They could potentially use the provider and push a message through or a phone call through that you can't block. So they, they still have a, a means to do it with the cell phone provider. Potentially. Uh, I was getting some text on my, my old phone from my provider, you know, just the usual garbage. Hey, you know, we're, we noticed you have this plan. We're offering this one, you know, text, blah, 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 to get back to us. And well, yeah. But you know what? I blocked that number and I didn't get any more. You still, uh, for example, I get emergency alerts. Mm -hmm. You can't block that text message. Okay. It's the like the Amber Alert stuff. Oh, yes. And, those stuff. You yeah, know, yeah. those kind of things. Okay. So simple enough. Those. All right. Have you ever done it while you're in airplane mode? Uh, received that. Mm -hmm. I mean, while you're in airplane mode, you effectively, you have no cell service. So, right. Uh, I don't know. I've never had my phone in airplane mode long enough to see if I get one of those because it, it, it's not, I don't get uh, those kind of messages very often. Well, either way, my point is, is that if someone wants to hand me a COVID-19 passport right now, they're going to find it very difficult because I'm going to look at them and say, look, man, I don't know what in the hell you've got there, but I don't have anything that's compatible with that. So you can walk on with it. I got things to do. I don't have time for your, your nonsense and your games. You want to send me something on some app somewhere that tells me that I'm okay to walk into a restaurant, you go to hell because I don't have that app and I have no intention on trying to get that app. I don't have the option to get it. You don't have a Play Store. You don't have an App Store. You can't buy into that system. 
There's no way. There's no way for you to opt into it. And even if you were to do that, let's say for the sake of argument, you could go and you could get the independent app somewhere. If it requires any kind of Google or Apple services, it doesn't work because the software's not designed to allow it to work. Think for yourself. All right, we're out of time. As a matter of fact, we actually ran over a little bit, but that's all right. Okay, so for those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts we do here every day, and we also put out an exclusive podcast once a week just to our Telegram subscribers. However, we would normally be on there tomorrow, but this week we will not be, so we're going to have to push that back until next week. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by driving us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com, and we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that, so if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're a rating podcast, if you could give us a rating when you get a chance, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that is it for today and this week. So thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday.